Hey warriors, um, just gonna have a little real talk here. I'm, I'm in my car once again. Uh, my wife has one of her physical therapy appointments, and it is 17 degrees outside, and I'm in the cozy car with the heater on. But anyway, something kind of came across my mind. I've been thinking about, and really, really has been something that you and I have had to deal with myself. But it is conflict. I think one of the things that we men struggle sometimes with is conflict. And I'm not talking about picking fights or or getting into people's faces. I'm talking about when you actually have to speak to somebody about something that bothers you or they did something wrong. You know, something that we actually have to go and talk to somebody. Uh, whether it's our boss front co-worker a friend a family member even our wives our kids how many of you guys actually struggle with actually talking to people about issues i think a lot of times what we try to do is avoid conflict and a lot of times the type of person or type of man that gets this type of I guess characteristic becomes a very passive person because they don't want to necessarily deal with an issue they have an issue with, but it's also because they may think they're right or the other person needs to apologize to me. Why should I go and deal with them? But the truth is, if you go and look through scripture, you start noticing some stories. You know, right off the bat, I think of Jesus, you know, how he dealt with the Pharisees, um, even his own disciples. I think of Paul and how in every town he would go to, he had to deal with conflict. Even when he had to go and speak before the disciples, I mean, it's not like he was liked per se because of what he was doing before. They were uncertain about him. But then I also thought about Moses. Now, Moses was one person who had to go before a king of a full country and tell him to give God's people back. Can you imagine being told to go stand before the president or some type of dictator um, and tell them that God said, you need to let go of my people? I mean, that's a that's conflict right there. And then I also started thinking about um, Elijah. Remember how Elijah felt he was the only prophet left and God said, no, you're not. But he had to go and confront basically his own people about who the true God was. And he had to stand before the, the prophets of Baal and prove that God existed. If you were to go through a lot of these stories, you could probably find more examples of conflict in how the men or women dealt with the conflict. I mean, you can even think about Esther and how she had to stand before basically her husband, who's the king, who if not announced or asked to come in, had the right to kill her in that moment. But she did it because she had to protect her people. A lot of the common denominators that I see in here is basically strength and courage. Now, I know that sounds easy in itself, but 
it's actually something that these people didn't just naturally have the capability of courage. I think we oftentimes think of these Bible people as like superheroes or people who had the capability of doing this because they were picked in the you know they were picked by God, put in the scripture, so therefore there must be something special about them. But in reality, no. In reality, they were you and I, and it's their lives, their stories. We see their strengths, their weaknesses, their their love for God, their times where they make a mistake and fail to God, you know, bringing them out of their failure and doing something with them. How many times have you failed? How many times do you think I have failed? And we just think, man, I can never relate to the Bible people because, you know, they always seem to get it right after after a little bit. But the truth is, if we were to take down and break down their stories, like their life and what they went through, we would actually see the time and, and probably the turmoil and, and see what kind of was going through their brain. I mean, sometimes you kind of see it, like even with Gideon, we kind of get to see or feel how he felt, you know, the fear of, yeah, I'm not a warrior. You want me to do what Lord, you know, all that kind of comes through our minds. And we sit there and we wonder, can we be like that? Can we be like that? And the truth is, God actually tells them in their fear to be courageous. Okay, I, I I think that we, I think we think that this courage that they gain was like magically put in them, and I, I want you to understand. C.S. Lewis even mentions, and I know I've used this quote before, but so I'm not going to requote it. But he basically says, "Courage is at the moment of testing points, or the virtue." are the virtues that you have. So courage in this mindset is an action. So it's choosing to take the step forward from fear and do it in fear. Because it's not, fear in itself is not a bad thing to have because it's it's like caution discernment. Fear that scriptures talk about a lot is where you're doubting. The fact that it's scary to go and talk to somebody about a problem, that's a good thing that you have that. Because if you hadn't, if you had, if it was so easy to deal with that, then you're not really, I, I think honestly, in my mind, the concern you have for that person may not be as in, in deep, I guess. Like, it's just, you, you, it's easy to hurt somebody or get in someone's face about something. Um, I don't want to say it's a callous, but I think some people don't think about the other person's feelings is what sometimes I think happens. doesn't mean it happens all the time. doesn't mean that if you don't have fear and you go and deal with someone, like I don't mind going into having conflict, um, but I have to make sure that I'm ready for it. I have to make sure that I have the details information because I think one of the things is you don't want to jump into a, a situation where you're trying to deal with it without actually being prepared to deal with it. But also at the same time, sometimes it's hard, especially like if it's a family member or someone that's really close to you, you know, it's, it's hard to get in their face about something because you don't necessarily know how they're going to react, especially if you get along most of the time, getting in someone's face can, you know, 
can bother some people. And I started really thinking about how God intentionally puts, like he even tells Joshua to be um, courageous, to be strong and courageous. He, he tells people to be strong and courageous several times. I mean, the word courageous supposedly is in there five times at least. But there's other words that he uses, like don't have fear, do it without fear, um, be strong. I mean, it's, it's just a lot of words that God uses in his word for us to do in a situation. So don't do it in fear. Well, I think he means don't do it in doubt with the fear. So don't allow fear to control you so that you do something and you're just terrified. I mean, it's it, it's okay to have the feeling of this like concern or or because it's hard because the word fear is the word you want to use because it is kind of scary to go and talk to someone, but you don't have to allow it to control you as you deal with someone. I mean, we hear it sometimes in TV shows and movies how moms don't want their moms and dads don't want their kids to not like them so they try to be buddy buddy all the time because they're afraid their kid's not going to love them anymore now that fear is the fear that I think scripture is talking about to avoid because well I've been a youth pastor and youth leader for years so you learn to be tough with them even if they start saying all you do is say no all the time that's okay because you're not thinking about them being happy you're thinking about them understanding and growing and being responsible and I think that's something we need to get in our heads when we're dealing with people that sometimes what we have to say may be something they need to hear but it also means maybe they have something that you need to hear so don't just assume that you're right when you have to go deal with something. You, sometimes you got to hear from their perspective why they acted or responded in the way that they did. Because sometimes we take something wrong or we do something that we're not supposed to be doing and we think we're right. So we go and confront someone about it and end up turning out that, oh, we were wrong. Now, it takes even more courage to apologize, which that's another thing in itself. Going back to like Moses and Elijah and even Paul and even Jesus, in their examples, they all had to go and stand before people who had authority. I mean, authority. We often struggle because we don't have confidence that we are capable of speaking truth against someone who has the authority basically over us. I mean, think about how many times has maybe your pastor said something that just didn't seem right, but because you reverenced him so much because he has a doctor's degree or a pastoral degree of some type that you were more afraid to say something because you're afraid that they wouldn't like you or they would give you like verses that would counter contradict anything you said and and basically make you feel like oh you know I don't know enough when in reality even your pastor is a human he doesn't have all the answers 
he's supposed to be a trainer and teacher, so hopefully he is understanding scripture and studying it. But overall, you can't just assume because they have a doctorate that they're this like master of religion. No, that's not how it works. They still have to keep themselves just as much accountable for their actions and their choices as you do. That's why it's important to know your scriptures. That's why it's important for you to study on your own because he needs to, he, and if you have a women pastor, they need to be accountable by you as the congregation. Doesn't mean you need to be boss over him. It just means that if he's starting to preach stuff that just doesn't make sense or, you know, hey, this isn't, this doesn't sound right. And you go and you study up and you learn, oh, this is not, this is not what I'm finding. You know, and you could go talk to him. I don't think you're supposed to embarrass him in front of everybody or confront him, you know, directly with people around. But maybe say, hey, can we have a meeting? I have some questions. And you can ask and you can confront him on that and see what he has to say. And that comes with pretty much any position of anybody. If you're boss or your job, I know it's not ideal because it's like, yeah, well, I can lose my job. Yeah, but if they're doing something unethical and you feel like it's wrong and you don't say anything and they continue to do what they're doing, it's not going to look good on you. And maybe you do have to leave that job. Yeah, but I make a lot of money. Well, is it about the money or is it about your integrity and your character? I think those are just as important too. I want you guys to think about that as we go to a commercial. I'll see you in a little bit. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, welcome back. And so, you know, we were just talking about sometimes being direct or having to go talk to somebody and it can be about your ethics it could be about your your moral compass it could be doing something that's right and a lot of times that's a scary thought to do because you could lose your job you could lose a friend you could lose family you, anything could have possibly happen by people's reactions but then i often wonder if we did do it People might be angry for a little bit. There might be people who will not talk to you for a time, but at the end of all things, they may hear you and therefore understand why you did what you did or said what you said. I mean, it happened with the youth. I mean, I, I, I saw, you know, as I showed where I stood, and as, even though they were trying to see how far they can go, I still held my ground. And they still had to deal with it. <laughs> they weren't allowed to just do whatever they wanted. And they had to learn. And eventually it became more smoother. And sometimes, as they would say, he's going to say no. And it's because it's like we, the focus is not on just having fun. The focus was on also studying. Because they needed to learn. They were, they were 
going to school, yeah, throughout the week, but they had plenty of time to just have fun. And I only got them four, four hours a week to teach them about truth. And I had to spend that time as much as possible teaching. Because look at three years later, I was gone. So the idea is that sometimes doing the right thing is not going to be easy. And confronting someone, it's not going to be easy all the time. Sometimes some people just can do it. But when it's dealing with people close to us, it's not the same. Because, I mean, a boss telling someone, an employee, you know, to fix things up may be easier than dealing with, let's say, your brother or sister or mom and dad, family member of some type, your closest friends. It's not the same. You may think it is in your head, but when you get to that point, it's harder to tell someone that you're close to, well, I don't think this is right, and no, I don't agree. So I started thinking also about Joshua, and I don't know if you guys know anything about Joshua, but he at first was sent by, I think it was 12 of them, to go and check into Canaan and see if it was safe to basically come in there and take it back. And he and I forget who was with him, but I can't remember right now, but he and another guy said, oh, we could do it. And then the other ten said, no, do you see those giants? We can't do it. So what did God do? He made them basically wander for 40 years. And Joshua and the other guy were basically probably in their, I would say, 50s. And they ended up going there. And this is the verses that that people always use all the time, but this is what's really going on. It's Joshua 1, 9 through 11. It says, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. People love using that. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. Go through the camp. Tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land. And the Lord your God is giving you for you. Whoops. The land the Lord God, Lord your God is giving you for you. So the idea is that God was telling Joshua and basically all of Israel, get ready to go. You're going to go in there. You're going to take it back. I am with you. Be courageous. Be strong. Don't be afraid for I'm going with you. Now, we often take that verse and we use that for ourselves. You know, this is, I know God's promise, but the promise is not exactly the context of the verses. The promise is that we do have God who will be with us. We do have God who won't leave us because he's said that before in other verses. We do have a God who will give us courage and will give us strength so that we can actually face the world. We can do what we're supposed to be doing. We can not be afraid. We could take action. We could speak up for truth. And this goes for a lot of things. I mean, we're even talking the gospel message. Being able to talk to people about the gospel, that's scary for a lot of people. Confronting is hard, but, you know, I, I most of the time when I hear people, they always talk about how scary it is to talk about the gospel with people. And I, and I sit there and I go, yeah, it can be, because we're starting to get serious. A lot of times when we struggle 
with conflict is because it gets serious. Seriousness really bothers people. We like to have fun. We like to like not have issues. We like to not see anybody mad at us. We like to people who want to get along. I mean, this is the the concept that we're seeing a lot in churches, where we have basically decided that let's try to see if we can fit in the culture instead of teach to the culture. So instead of seeing a bunch of people discovering Christ and all that he's done, what we have discovered is people rather not be disliked by people for our faith and try to be more loving and caring. Because that phrasing, it really bothers me when I hear people say, all we need to do is just be more loving. All we need to do is just be more loving. And my, the truth is, if you don't love God first, you're not going to love people correctly. You're going to love people only if they agree with you. You're going to love people as long as you get along with them and they get along with you. That's when you're going to love people. You're not going to love people because God wants you to love people. You're not going to love people because um, it is the good thing. I mean, that's kind of the debate that I've been having with some people is like, what makes a person righteous? Is it righteous because you do good or is it righteous because you know who God is? Because righteousness is is connected to God and faith. And I don't think people can just be naturally righteous or naturally good. I think people's intentions are for themselves, to protect themselves, first of all. And even when they do good, it's not necessarily because they're trying to help someone. A lot of times it's because it makes them feel good. But they say it makes makes they do it because they help other people. But it makes them feel good that they're helping other people. Like, the idea of just doing in love, it, there's no selfish response to it. And honestly, I don't think we do that all the time, even as Christians. I think we most of the time we do it because we want to feel good about ourselves. And we want people to feel good. Excuse me. So instead of loving because we love, we end up not loving the way we're supposed to. And so we get this, this weird view in churches where it's like, if people just stop being mean and just love each other, you would have less problems. And it's just like, no, if people stop loving themselves and love God first, then they'll be able to love other people appropriately. And that goes to Christians too. Man, I, I've met so many Christians who say they love God, but they live a life that doesn't please him. I mean, if we look at most of these people that we're talking in Scripture, their lives were dedicated to who God was. They weren't living like the world and then loving God and loving others. No, they were living for God, all about God, and they were doing things for him because he commanded of them or directed them, and they ended up loving the people properly. You see, conflict... is like a piece of that type of love being able to go up to someone with an issue that you have an issue with or have problems with or believe they're doing something wrong you're doing that in love today's culture they would tell you no you're being hateful or mean or you're being judgmental no no you go and talk to someone about something they're doing wrong it's not being judgmental judgmental is judging someone because they're saying that you're just as bad as I am, so therefore you don't have a say 
when in reality is we do have a say. We're supposed to confront our brothers and sisters when they sin. At least we should be able to. I think there's times where it depends on the situation. It's not easy to do, let alone it's not healthy to do. That's where God may have to direct you and tell you, hey, you know, don't worry about it. I got this. You just need to be living the life you're supposed to live in front of them because nothing you're going to say is going to change their mind. And I've had to do that before. And as much as I wanted to step up and be tough, God said, it's not your fight now. You are just to love me, serve me here where you're at, and I will do the fighting. And I said, okay. And that happened when that wolf was attacking me on a almost every Tuesday night or morning, excuse me. And I had to basically take a lot of it. Some people said, you should have said something, you should have spoke up. And I said, no, God told me it's not my fight to fight like that. He's going to fight on my behalf. And he did. You know, he took me out. People would say, oh, they kicked you out, though. And I say, yeah, it feels that way. And I thought that at the beginning. But in reality, and I do use that phrase, and they did kick me out because technically they did. But God showed me that he also, it was him that pulled me out. He just used them to do so. You know, it was becoming unbearable and disrespectfully. And I was struggling emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And my wife was struggling with the same. But God intervened. That wolf is not there anymore. The, pro- the main problem is still there. But the wolf is not there anymore. She even lasts maybe, she may last a little bit over a year. But the thing is, that's what wolves do. They come in and destroy. Once they destroy, there's nothing else to destroy. They're done. And they have to leave. So understand that conflict sometimes will not have the ending you want. So dealing with an issue may not end it with a happy, like a happy ever after ending. Sometimes you may have to lose your job. Sometimes you may have to leave the church you're at. Sometimes you may have to end friendships or connections with family, and that's okay. If you're doing what God is asking you to do, it's not meant to be a big road where everybody's holding hands and loving each other. That's not the goal. No, the goal is to share the gospel. The goal is to let people know about who, who Christ is and what he did for them. The goal is to serve your master, your Lord, your God. That is the goal. And sometimes that road is very lonely. And not many people are going to walk it. And as men, we should be in the front lines of walking with the Lord, not the back lines, not standing idle in the corner, not expecting someone else to do it. Let someone else be the, be the front line warrior. No, we, we should be stepping up for it. We should be willing to do it. And if there's any women listening, same thing. You guys should all be stepping up. It should be all of us doing this because we want to love our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. It's not an if-or, it's not a partial, it's not a kinda. We're supposed to do it all. And I think that's the one thing I'm seeing with a lot of Christians is that they don't 100% give all to God. They keep parts of it. 
I often use the example, it's like having a house, a big mansion, and each room represents something about your life or something that you love, something you care about, whatever it may be, your past, your future, your desires, your relationships, your sports, whatever it may be. You have a door for each one. And the question that comes up is, do you allow God access to it? Do you allow God to go in it? Is he allowed anywhere in your house? Or is there certain rooms you don't want him to find? Is there certain rooms you don't want him in? No, no, I I have control of this room. This is my room. I want to use it the way I want to. See, the thing is, God can't use someone if they're still wanting to captain their own ship. There's like a really cool skit where it has a lady who is carrying this bag. And the bag has like all of her everything about her, like her iniquities, her sin, her issues. And Jesus comes up to her and says, oh, well, I could take that for you. And she goes, oh, that sounds like a great idea. And he goes, okay. And so she hands it to him, but she won't let go. He goes, well, well, wait, you need to give it all to me. She goes, well, I I am, but there is something I want to keep in there. And he goes, well, no, no, you need to give it all to me. She's like, well, I really want, I really want this. And so they have this little tug of war, and finally they both fall, and the bags, you know, opens up, scattering everywhere. You see, Jesus wants all of you, not portion. And there's another skit where the, <clears throat> the lady is like, God, you know, God, I want you to be my my whole life. I want you to be the head of my life. I want you to be the center. I want you to be on my pedestal. And she has this stool. She's like, I want you to sit here. And Jesus is like, oh, okay, good. So he sits on there. And then a friend comes, and she's like, you know, hey, I want to go shopping, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes, but didn't your husband say, you know, you're spending too much money? She's like, oh, I don't care. As long as we don't tell him, it's not going to hurt anybody. And she goes, well, I don't know. I, I've been trying to keep myself from spending money. She's like, oh, come on, just come and do it. And while she's, while she's talking, she's starting to reason herself and why she should go to the store and starts kind of pushing Jesus off the seat. And Jesus is like, what are you doing? And she goes, oh, well, I want to do this. And he goes, yeah, but I don't think you should. And she goes, well, I kind of want to do it. So she starts pushing him off. See, the idea is that we say it with our words that we want God to have it all and have the head of everything. And then in reality, we want to take control. And I think that's one of the main issues why we struggle with conflict conflict means we have to actually step out of our comfort and do something and God oftentimes tells us to do something but we don't want to get off the stool to allow him to be our head we rather keep control and make our own decisions so I rather be passive and not deal with anything can you imagine if most of the Bible characters or Bible people of the Bible had said, no, Lord, I don't trust you that much. I want to keep control. I'm happy where I'm at. If Esther had said, no, I'm not going to go do it. I'm not going to stand. I'm not going to ask him because I'm happy where I'm at. I'm safe and blah, blah, blah. Because even Mordecai told her, it doesn't mean you're going to be safe. Because once they find out who you are, you're also on part of that new law. But she's, she thought in her head, you know, well, I'm sure in a moment she's like, yeah, but I'm the queen. They're not going to hurt me. See, that's the thing. That's the difference between being willing to do conflict where it's uncomfortable, where it could be hurtful to you to do something right. Got to remember that. 
when we are willing to speak up for truth, it's amazing. When we're able to speak up for things that we're supposed to do, we'll ha- once it's done, you're going to feel a weight off of you. Why? Because you realized it wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be. Why? Because we put fear in our heads how bad it's going to be. So understand this, guys. We can go and get into conflict. It doesn't mean I'm asking you guys to pull out swords and shields and start attacking people for left and right. That's not the idea. But understand that that fear that you have is not a fear of God. It's not the fear that God's given you. That's not something that he wants you to have. That's something that we create for ourselves because we honestly don't think that God will give us the words to say. God won't help us through it. And then even if it is hard, just like I had to go through when I lost my job, we sometimes think, well, why did I have to lose the job? Why didn't you just fight the enemy or the problem and remove them? And a lot of times because we have to remember the big picture is not our picture. If I had stayed because God removed him, I wouldn't be starting my church today. You see, sometimes we have to go through certain things to get to where God wants us to be. And that means sometimes that valley is going to be hard. And talking to someone's going to be hard to do. But it may help them and it will help you. Remember that. Dearly Father, thank you so much for each of the guys and even some of the women that do listen to this podcast. I ask you continue to bless this. That your name will be glorified. And that you will give all the men and women that are listening the courage, the strength to do what they're supposed to do, whether it's dealing with somebody or giving up everything to you. It's not easy to do, to go and talk to someone that we care about and confront them. Sometimes it may not be easy if you're a manager. I mean, I know some of you guys are probably managers and you have to go and confront somebody. But Lord, give them the courage and the strength to do what is right for their company, what is right for their family, what is right for their relationships. Bad company does not bring good things. Dealing with someone is not going to always be easy. As I asked today, if anyone is struggling with having to talk to someone, confronting someone, or dealing with someone that they've been having a hard time with, whether it's a boss, a friend, family themselves with someone else and because they're the boss that you would give them the strength and courage strength and courage to be able to deal with the conflict stop any of us who hold to being very passive because we hate conflict or don't want to deal with it because it's too hard sometimes what's hard needs to be done so I ask today that you bless these men and women You give them peace and give them courage. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You all have a blessed day.